Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Mixing It Up with Maggie. Thank you guys for listening. As you guys know, for the month of October, I've been doing a storytelling series where I tell scary stories from Latin America. I always invite my friends to come and read um, a story and discuss the, the, the meanings of it afterwards. Um, it's just like a thing that I've been doing so that I can combine my love for horror, but also honor... Um, the Hispanic Heritage Month, which actually we're a little away from now because it was it was done by October 15th, and we are doing this today is October 24th. Um, so this is actually going to be the last um, Scary Story podcast, but I'm wondering that maybe I can just do storytelling in other seasons, not just <laughs> during Halloween time, um, but I'm, I'm very excited and happy that I got to not only um, learn about these tales and this folklore, since you guys know that I love folklore, but also a chance to bring in new people um, into into collaborate co- collaborating with new people um, in mixing it up with Maggie. So today I'm actually we're about to watch it's a scary movie right now. Um, we're about to watch Happy Death Day, and I'm sitting here <laughs> randomly on AMC movie theater we're like squatting down like they let us um come in here and into like a little bit of a quiet area to to do this and i'm here with um haida so haida um introduce yourself um i'm haida i am a media studies major i love television and film so yeah haida i think the first time we connected was the fact that because we volunteered at this film festival before, but um, we saw the poster for Happy Death Day, and we were like, yes, we both want to watch this movie. I just wanted to see the movie because it reminded me of, of all of those old 2000 films, like Scary Movie and all that stuff. Yeah, it like the style of it reminds me of Scream from like 2000. So I'm actually a big horror film fan, um, and I went to the horror film festival um, with um, Crystal and Eva um, two weeks ago or a week ago um, and we saw this 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 Argentinian horror film but um, I haven't seen an American horror film in like a little bit I think I'm more of like a foreign horror person I guess I'm a little picky about what I what I watch um, in terms of horror but this movie seems so fun So I'm very happy that we're here and that we're about to go in and see it. Um, But before we do, we are actually, um, we were talking about how we're both Dominicans and we both grew up with the tale of El Cuco. So can you tell me a little bit about like growing up and having this kind of mystical, mysterious figure that your parents will tell you about just so that you can go to sleep or if you were misbehaving, they would be like, oh, el cuco viene, or something like that. Well, for me, it's just exactly what you said. I mean, whenever I didn't want to go to sleep or misbehave, they're like, oh, el cuco te va a comer if you don't, come to, if you don't go to sleep, blah, blah, blah. But I definitely do not have an, like a personal experience with that particular thing. I just have this kind of like story where my aunt made up a kind of like a monster to make us behave. And she would recreate all these episodes in her house that would happen with this monster. 
and we, we and we just believed them because we were little kids and she used to have so much fun. I think that some of the stories that we were told when we were little, I mean, just in general, are kind of traumatizing because if you really think about it, even like El Cuco for me, it was like this dark figure that would come from under the bed. I don't You know what I mean? Like who says that to like a little kid? You know what I mean? Um, this this monster that your aunt created, does it resemble El Cuco or was it something completely different that she made up? I think it was only completely different. Uh, it was just to make us behave or, or just to have fun for her. <laughs> like I'm telling you, she recreated these things where the lies would flicker and the doors would uh, close with, a with the log. And it's just, it was something for her to have fun. If you have, you know, when you're older and have kids or whatever, you would be the type of parent to make up a monster to make them behave, or you you think you would be like, I'll I'll think of another way, or you will be a little bit more traditional and be super Dominican mom and be like, ahí viene el cuco, hello, te va a comer. No, I think kids nowadays are like very aware of like what's real and what's not, so I will probably threaten them with something more realistic, like the police. <laughs> I will call a police officer and make them come to my house and be like, hey, could you do this bit where I tell my kid that the police is here because it's misbehaving? But I don't think I would use the monster because people, like kids nowadays, are like very aware of what's real and what's not. And technology is around. They can Google everything and they would realize it's not real. So I don't think that would work now. I think it, that reminds me of this point that um, I made um, with Eva in our last um, episode and I'll link that down below for you guys um, I feel like it also depends like where you're where you are like we're in the city and city kids like we are we grow up with this mentality of like you know stranger danger and you know we, I feel like we grow up quicker like in terms of our um, awareness and because we live in the city a lot of these kind of mystical mysterious creatures like because we don't see them or you know we don't live near like a wooded area or whatever we're not really afraid of them and we think like they don't exist and we have technology all around us um but for people that still live in more rural areas if they hear like this mysterious figure they're more likely to believe it and they they'll those are the places that kind of keep folklore and i think that living in the city kind of takes us more into like reality and the kids here they're just like what there's a mysterious figure under the bed let, let me let me flash my my ipad on it or like i don't know let me let me record it and put it up on facebook like they're not afraid of it they're not afraid of it right what do you what do you think you you are a city kid you grew up here you, you I, basically like we grew up like really not being afraid of much yeah i don't think i would do that i would think i would be smarter than that like i'm not that Caucasian in the sense that in horror movies the Caucasian kids would be like let's find out what that sound or what that door is about I would be like no I'm getting the hell out of here I think our our biggest like worry at least for me it was like food stamps not coming in on the month that it was supposed to or something like that was my biggest <laughs> you know what I mean like those were the scary moments when not being able to pay rent that's a scary mommy now. That's so. I'm just. I'm just thinking about it. Like that's just so New York of us to. That's what we are afraid of. But anyways, um, so guys, listening um, to where this um, El Cuco 
story originated. I was actually very surprised as to where it was from because, um, as some of you guys may know, it, there's like different versions of El Cuco in different places in Latin America. And obviously we have one in Dominican Republic and there's another one, you know, in Mexico and another one uh, somewhere else. Um, but it actually has like an origin story um, in Spain. So I guess that's, you know, the conquistadors one more time bringing in some of their own stories into into our folklore. Um, so here it is, El Cuco. Duérmete niño, duérmete ya, que viene el cuco y te comerá. Esta es una canción de cuna muy famosa que seguramente a muchos le contaron cuando niño y que aunque varios pueda sorprender, tiene ya varios cientos de años utilizándose para arrullar más pequeño. Pero, ¿quién es este cuco mencionado en la canción que vendrá a comernos en caso de no dormir? El cuco, conocido en distintos países de Latinoamérica como cucoy, coco, cuca, es un ser temido por los niños y al que los padres y adultos hacen referencia para asustar a sus hijos cuando estos se portan mal. Su cabeza era una calabaza vacía, aunque quizás también fuera una cabeza de coco, fruto procediente de las playas del continente americano que recibió ese nombre a la llegada de los españoles pues la forma del fruto les recordaba, les recordaba las máscaras utilizadas en aquel país para asustar a los pequeños. Como podemos notar, el cuco tiene al menos cinco siglos o más asustando a los niños. La leyenda del hombre del saco es muy conocida en España, donde cuenta en el origen está situado en la provincia de Almería. Según la leyenda española, existió un hombre llamado Francisco Ortega, más conocido como el Morón, que estaba enfermo de tuberculosis al principio del siglo XX. Él estaba buscando desesperadamente una cura para su enfermedad, así que acudió a una curandera. La curandera le contó que podría zafarse de la enfermedad bebiendo la sangre de los niños y frotando sus grasas en su pecho. De esta manera, el moruno secuestró a un niño de 7 años llamado Bernardo, metiéndolo en una tela en forma de saco para abrirle la axila y beber su sangre. El cuco o el coco 
es conocido por andar por las calles junto a un saco negro, buscando a los niños que vagan por las calles o se portan mal. Por eso existe la nana que menciona a este hombre. Duérmete niño, duérmete ya, que viene el cuco y te comerá. El poder de este ser no radica en cómo luce, sino en los lugares donde se esconde. Siempre al cobijo de la oscuridad total. Un armario debajo de la cama, detrás de las puertas o de las cortinas. Acechando y esperando a que los niños se porten mal para venir a castigarlo. O por el peor de los casos, para llevárselos. Lo que causa tanto miedo en la psyche de los niños no es el castigo en sí, la apariencia física o que los lleve, sino en el temor a lo desconocido. Es decir, nadie sabe exactamente en qué consiste el castigo o el lugar al que los lleva. Pero es seguro que si se portan mal, recibirán la visita y no saben bien cómo terminará. So, one of the things that really struck me about the the story is the fact that it comes from Spain. I know that they conquered us and everything, but I felt that the story itself was very Latin and was very much, I don't know, I, I felt that it was something that was ours. I didn't think it it was something that came from Spain, but something that maybe originated I don't know, maybe in the actual, like, Latin America, um, like, within the Latin culture, I didn't think it was something from Spain. I don't know. You you were not surprised by that, right? And since they conquer us, maybe it came from there, and then from there it passed on to, like, the indígenas, and then forever and ever, and then they created different versions, so it doesn't sound the same, you know? I just, I just, I don't know. I just thought it was something that originated in Latin America, I didn't think it originated in Spain. Um, and the other thing that struck me was like, um, the fact that from now on, I feel like this shapeless figure that I thought was El Cuco now has this shape of a man who is sick, who is going around sucking kids' blood to get healthy. I thought it was just so, I, I don't know, there's something about the fact that it was a person that was sick and they are the monster. Um, they didn't have any other, I guess, resources or whatever, and they went to this witch, and their witch is like, well, you know, suck a kid's blood and you'll feel fine. What did you think about the fact that it's a, like a sick person that that is the monster? I mean, I don't believe it very much, but like you said, there was no medicine in, like at that time, so I guess they probably had to go to like their last resource to... I want to cure myself. I don't want to die. So if I have to, like, suck this kid's blood or, like, pour this grease over me, I would do it just in to let that chance, that 1% chance that I will be cured. 
I think that's like the most extreme version of like um, those like home remedies. It's like, oh, you have tuberculosis. Why don't we get like a healthy kid and suck right. their blood, right? Have you heard of like really weird like cures for for things, like, especially like us, like us Latinos. Sometimes like, we don't have medical insurance or like we don't have money, so like we just resort to like herbs and plants and like other just like bizarre methods of curing things. Yeah, I mean, tons from my grandma, but I can't, nothing comes to mind right now. But I had this biology professor, and he was, and he would say, like, we're going to kill ourselves because we think we're doctors, and we mix everything with everything. So one day, <laughs> we're going to end up mixing, mixing up something that doesn't go together, <laughs> and we're going to die because we, sometimes we mix, we mix aspirin with alcohol and, like, stuff like that. Like, oh, it's okay. It's fine. Nothing's going to happen. <laughs> we think we're doctors. We think we went to medical school, and we think we have all the answers, and we don't. But I mean, it's just, like you said, a resort because we don't have money and insurance is expensive. I think that's also, you know, tying it back into like how it, part of our culture um, has like this brujeria or like santeria component. And usually the people that believe in that resort to like other like bizarre methods. And um, we're both Dominican, so we grew up um uh, being taught about the Haitian culture and what we were taught, maybe it wasn't completely accurate, but we were we were taught to be afraid of Haitians because they were people that practice and like would do something like this, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I was told stories like you wouldn't believe. And and I think that it's so weird that it's 2017 and we are still um, living in a culture that what we associate brujeria with, at least from being Dominican, like I associate brujeria with, with being Haitian, like nothing, but there's so much more to that culture than just that, but that's what we associated it with. We're talking about scary stories and we just saw this person just like run, <laughs> run right in front of us, like, okay, where are they going? <laughs> Did they get so scared? Like, what was that? When you mentioned like, oh, you know, um, we're not Caucasian, so like, we're not gonna poke the bear, we're, we're, we're the people that are gonna run the other way. So you think that if this story was told to like, um, you know, uh, I guess like if it was like a more of like an American of an American story, um, it would probably been have been a, a bigger deal because we would have seen like little kids actually run towards like El Cuco to like figure out what they what it is instead of running away from it. Like in our culture, you know what I mean? I mean, have you seen it, especially this it? Like, they went down the sewer to find out what the cl where the clown was and where Georgie was. And, you know, they emaciate everything. Like, they don't stay in one place. We tell them the stories. They're like, oh, okay, let me investigate. And they start investigating and going to places. It's crazy. No, like, stay put. Like, you don't want to die. Do you want to die? I think is what you said. I think we live our minds in, like, a survival mode all the time so we're not gonna go towards danger we're gonna go away from it um so in the in the it movie they were all white kids yes <laughs> oh my god and i said earlier like that's why scooby-doo is not uh, like a latino scooby-doo you know they don't we're not gonna go investigate things and even the, the there was one black kid that worked at a butcher thing and even he was like no i'm not going there you're crazy i'm not gonna be part of this and i'm like you're smart. Good, good, good choice. In the in the show um, Stranger Things on Netflix, you guys, um, if you guys haven't watched it, please do. Um, but 
in the show there's also a black kid and he's always like the conscious one like why are we helping this person like we don't know this person why are we doing this like always questioning why they're doing that and it's like yes this is this is this is our person like this is our people um any final thoughts on el cuco and do you think it's something that um do you think it's something that would still last like it, nowadays i mean there's kids everywhere and i believe yeah i'm on kids of course cuco will survive you guys that's that's um that's our thing um but thank you guys for listening thank you Haida, for coming by and sitting with me here and facing troubles and tribulations here at the amc theater where we had some noises before and now now you see what we go through when we make a podcast so yes <laughs> um hopefully you know it won't discourage you from coming back on the show and doing another one Um, but thank you guys for listening to um, Mixing Up with Maggie. I want to thank everybody that participated in the um, storytelling series. Um, I'm going to put all the links down below, but Sasha, Crystal, Eva, and now Haida, thank you guys so much for coming by and, um, you know, reading and listening to um, these stories and just, yes, t talking scary stories from Latin America with me. Um, and, yeah, see you guys next time.